So far to the microphone. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Cambridge Corn Exchange. Please, please welcome a man who first exchanged corn in this building in 1995. I genuinely did with Stuart Lee. It was a hilarious joke we did. It's Richard Herring! We were very funny. Hello! Hello, Cambridge! Oh, fabulous audience. So, um, welcome to the podcast. It's Richard Herring's Lindhurst Surfing Time podcast. It's decided to take a change of direction. Actually, not that much that of a change of direction. The whole podcast is going to be about the uh, sitcom Goodnight Sweetheart and <laughs> my analysis of each episode, starting today with episode one, where Gary Sparrow finds the passage, Duckett's Passage. <laughs> Embarrassing, I know that without planning it. Uh, uh, it's a very good show. I've got it all on DVD if you want to come and watch it. Uh, but I was hanging out on the Mathematical Bridge today in Cambridge, pointing out to everyone who passed that uh, although we, wood is a weak material if subjected to bending, in this bridge design, the timbers in the side trusses uh, a summink and practically no bending force a subject to practically no bending force the dominant fent, uh, force in the timbers is tangential to the arch is simple compression in which the in, in which case wood is very strong <laughs> no one was interested so I, I anyway i call it realistopus so it's I'm, I'm the cool i'm the cool kid there uh, so not much has happened i'm doing so many podcasts it's very difficult to do any autobiographical material uh, I'll tell you the two things that have happened, and one of them is a dream. That's how fucking desperate I am getting for material. <laughs> this morning I was having a dream where I was hanging out with Blur, and <laughs> I was eating uh, one of those fancy lettuces, you know, like not a round one, one of the kind of overly ones, you can peel the leaves off. I was eating one of those with Blur, and Alex James got angry because it was his lettuce. And then I woke up, my son woke me up because he was ill and he was crying and stuff. And I was really annoyed with him that he'd taken me out of that wonderful dream world. <laughs> I think it's, you know, it's boring, but it says a lot about my life. My son is obsessed with the moon currently. Uh, he's noticed the moon and every time he sees the moon, he says, the moon, I see it, I see it. And he wants to see it wherever he is. And uh, I was out last night. Uh, that's what it was on, uh, you know, it was last night. I was out and um, she, uh, my wife texted me some pictures of my son who was standing up naked in the bath pointing out the window he'd seen the moon he's going the moon the moon so she texted these lovely photos of my son in the bath completely naked and then she said to me oh by the way I accidentally texted those to Rachel Paris uh, <laughs> first of all thinking it was you <laughs> so Rachel Paris just got two she was asking her to be on a very excellent podcast Drunk Women Solving Crime <laughs> and then sent her two naked pictures of our son pointing out of a bath. <laughs> I thought it was quite good. She's still doing the podcast, apparently. Uh, so anyway, look, that's what's happened to me. That's my fucking life. Never get married and have kids. That's my, that is the message where a dream about blur. I was so excited to be with Alex J. <laughs> Why did he like lettuce so much? What was going on? That's what he likes cheese, doesn't he? That's it. But you know, you've got to have a little bit of something crunchy, isn't it? If you just eat cheese all the time, you need a little bit of wetness. You need a bit of texture, don't you? Just different texture. 
That's the success of the, you know, the cheese and lettuce sandwich right there. <laughs> Shall we talk about this a bit more? We could make the whole part, I could just bin the guests. Yeah, yeah, and just talk to you about sandwiches. My guest this week, you will know them as the pottery teacher in Pompidou and Mustachio Joe in Custom Love. And I wonder if he'll mind that I didn't, he was also in Pompidou, but I'm not. <laughs> will you please welcome Max and Ivan, ladies and gentlemen. It's Max and Ivan. Hello, come in. Sit down. Whichever order, do you have an order? Uh, you, yeah, the, yeah, the order is Max and Ivan. Yeah, so it has to stay. Like, like it's the Anton deck. Anton deck. Works for them. Yeah. And it was actually, we, I, I was always on this side, Lee and Herring. I was in that work, Lee and Herring. It worked. Did you consciously always do that? You stand yeah. that way? It's the what? Would you, you'd stand in that order? For, like, yeah, we were always, we're always, wherever we were, we would Lee and Herring. It had to be that way. Yeah. Posters as well? Yeah, maybe. Uh, <laughs> I wanted to be Herring and Lee. Did you not want it the other way around? Oh, I, you know, he writes most of the stuff, so <laughs> okay. he should get to well, pick Well, then I should have called. been the first in my ass. <laughs> Really? Yeah, I mean, I wrote all of it, practically. Uh, <laughs> uh, anyway, let's not talk about that. We're not, let's not talk about those We can those talk two. about them if you want to talk about them. We will. Them, I mean, we definitely will. Okay. <laughs> as it goes on. I can't have a double act and not just go, how the fuck are you still friends? <laughs> um, but we'll get to that later on. It's not the time early on. Let's talk about He's your work in. in Pompidou. Well, quite. Matt. Thank you. Pottery teacher, you were the bandaged. I was man? bandaged man. Bandaged yeah. man. Not my favourite of, of your role, so I went I for a different role. I completely understand. If I'm yeah. genuinely fully fell asleep uh, it, on set for two to three hours whilst playing bandaged man. Look, in my defence, I was a bandaged man <laughs> acting asleep in a hospital, on bed, on a bed, on in on a bed. This is why in he was cast as bandaged man, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> His monologue was so powerful that they asked him to remain motionless and silent for the entire day, whilst I got to play a pottery teacher yeah. who spoke gibberish, as did everyone in the show. Yeah. In I can see why he does all the writing, because yeah, yeah. you couldn't even say on or in a bed. You were struggling over just it's saying tough. I was on or in a bed. On a bed. On a bed. In hospital. Okay. That's a hospital? It doesn't matter. That's good. And uh, we'll Mustachio Joe, Mr. In Custom Love, what was the what was that? <sighs> Remind us for the people who didn't see that one. For the, that for the few in the audience who haven't seen Custom Love, it was a fabulous <laughs> film uh, in which it turns out that all the men have been bred to extinction and replaced by sex robots. Wow! Weirdly, weirdly, I can't actually, believe I've chanced across this. Yeah. <laughs> your Google alert came up. <laughs> um, yes. Because, well, yeah, which, um, which uh, yeah, uh, someone uh, asked us to be in, and we didn't. It had a lovely cast. We were in it with uh, Freya, um, Freya Parker of Lazy Susan, so I'm going to name check her so she gets yep. embroiled yep. in this. She was in it as well? It was wonderful. Uh, Semi improvised, very surreal, and very prominent in our IMDb rankings. God bless. <laughs> I'm, uh, so my full name is Ivan Gonzalez, and on IMDb, I am Ivan Gonzalez, brackets seven. <laughs> Ivan Gonzalez the seventh. There is quite a, the first guy is like really successful. As oh, he's well. doing very well for himself. He's to be like honest. a big telenovela. Like. He's, a, he's a hot guy as well. <laughs> yeah. it's a tough, tough break. What is what's the? I mean, it's it seems like a mismatch of uh, cultures. Well, I mean, that's a, that sounds like I'm saying we have to just breed within our own nations, uh, which I, you know I think by the time this goes out, we'll be allowed to say that. <laughs> 
That's fine. The, um, the strong eugenics I very strongly feel. I very strongly feel there should be no <laughs> mixture between any di- different sure. countries. No doubt Whereas your name feels as if it is, but I'm hoping you're now going to correct me and tell me it's all Argentinian. Uh, well, actually, there are lots of Ivans in Spain. Okay. Um, I'm not sure why, but it's quite a popular name. And my parents met in Spain. My dad okay. was a deep sea diver. Um, in Argentina, went to Spain looking for commercial work. My mum... Looking for commercial, commercial work. deep sea diving he... work, by the way, not also looking to be in commercials. <laughs> <laughs> Although, I wouldn't put it past him. He's, He's lived, lived a, a colourful life. Enrique Gonzalez has lived there. What kind of non-commercial life. deep sea diving work was he doing oh, in Argentina? Amateur, you know, for fun. <laughs> he, was, he was working for the Navy. Um, okay. So he was looking for the big bucks. Okay. Uh, and my mum hitchhiked from Liverpool to the south of Spain and they met in a... Um, in a, in a bar where she was the DJ and go-go dancer. Okay. Did she have to put the records on, then sort of scoot across a bit and go-go dance, and then go back? It's a simpler time. <laughs> that's good. Yeah? Yeah, that's fine. So uh, there's six other ones working in show business. Big time. Your name. Yeah, and I think... I, to be honest, I think one of them is a gaffer, but is doing better than me. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think they rank. I think it's like the order you come into the oh. IMDb. I don't think it's like we've decided okay. you're don't the seventh. I've been telling like Ivan for years that it's based on success. <laughs> no, I like that. It theory. doesn't keep changing. It doesn't go. Oh, you're up. I've just looked. You're up to number five. It's like SEO with Google. You've really got to kind of work oh, no, hard to no, get no, to the I, top of the rankings. I like this. <laughs> Good. Well, that's that out of the way, and that is nice to know. <laughs> the bloodlines. <laughs> yeah, I can't remember which side of the argument you were on, but yeah. Okay. So, how did you guys decide to work together in a double... You've been going for a long time, right? You've been working together for a long time and yeah. still seemingly good friends. Well, you notice we've not looked each other directly in the eyes okay. throughout this entire conversation. <laughs> Only when we make love. <laughs> <laughs> and that's the secret to saying together. <laughs> yeah. Didn't work for me and Stu. Um... <laughs> And just drove a wedge further between. Yeah, she did. Um, Quite repetitive. <laughs> um, we, yeah, we, we, uh, we graduated in 2009, so this is coming to our, yeah, our tenth year of being adult uh, double act I've people. got a student card, guys. <laughs> I found out that if you're an equity member, there was a window where, um, for like a month, people... Um, people were allowed to get student cards through equity, and then equity realized that it's just a load Every of actor in the world. old actors, <laughs> like me, getting that student card vibe. I've seen the perplexed look on like restauranter and shop owners' faces <laughs> as they look at a van, try and work out what, really? what sort of PhD or something he's still studying. Um, I've got a student card as well, it was a great scam, love yeah, it. Okay. Yeah. Is, is it not open anymore to No, they, to close they that clamped down, down on that Swiftly shut scam. It down. I think it's valid for another like two years though. Oh yeah. God bless. That's well nice. worth that spotlight membership. Um, yeah, we've been, we're a double act. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and you met at college. Yes. And so what, you worked on, did you do a radio thing on the student radio? Is that what you did, did together first? Oh my God, yeah, we did. That was our first thing. We, yeah, we, um, we met in an audition uh, for like a, a piece of very serious student theatre in our first uh, like week, first like couple of days at university, um, and got chatting about comedy in the audition and kind of, uh, and then agreed that we were going to go and um, uh, yeah, and that, and that writing comedy would be something that we'd like get round to at some point. 
Okay. And then, did we do the radio thing first, or did we do stand-up first? I can't remember. We stand-up. started to do some stand-up. Yes. You wrote yourself into my act. I did, I did. I, Ivan did an act. Uh, very racist? A little bit racist. But it's I, based on my Argentinian dad, so it's <laughs> kind of fine. I was doing a silly accent. Silly That's accent. Good. Had a ukulele. Comedy songs. It was good. It was good stuff. Um, <laughs> I don't like it when people just do ridiculous accents for comedy. I think it's cheap. <laughs> it's a very hack against move. that. Only if you can do them very accurately. Oh yeah. And it, yeah. <laughs> well, I thought one ridiculous accent wasn't enough. So I, uh, when I was off uh, wrestling in Italy, I uh, wrote myself into Ivan's double act, um, and. Despite not being able to speak a word of Spanish, Ivan's character was like, an, like a kind of cutesy Argentinian folk singer. Um, and I thought that uh, to, to kind of counter the slightly kind of saccharine vibe, he should have a kind of sinister criminal uh, counterpart who spoke only Spanish. Um, I didn't speak Spanish, so I just literally did like cod Spanish. Wow. Uh, so in, offensive. In our stand-up gigs. After every gig, people would come up to Max and say, your Spanish accent's so amazing. Uh, and they would never say anything about mine, even though I lived in Spain for eight years and my dad's Argentinian. Yeah. It's got the uh. ear. Yeah. Um, we, we eventually abandoned that, that okay. hit act <laughs> after it ascended to the quarterfinals of the Laughing Horse New Act of the Year, okay. 2000. Uh, was that, so you were doing stand-up in actual comedy clubs rather than student, was it like a student clubs or was it like in, in, the, in the real world you were doing? It's the these? real world, baby. Yeah. Just the edge of the real world, yeah. yeah. We kind of, we, we both went to a university called Royal Holloway genuinely because we thought it was in London and it turns out not, not the case. No. Actively lied to by advertising. 43-minute train journey from Waterloo. Yeah, little town yeah. called Egham. Outer, 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 outer London. <laughs> uh, genuinely, both I was from Portsmouth, the van was from Liverpool. We, like, we, got, we got pretty much screwed. Yeah, um, sounds like. Yeah, but so we, we'd perform like, yeah, on this sort of tiny campus bubble world to our very receptive mates. Um, and then we, but we, we could like just about get to like Richmond and Kingston and like if we really tried to get into town. Yeah. So that was the beginnings of our, yeah, of our journey. Cool. And so, um, well, that's you. So you mentioned that you, you obviously came out of college. Is there a period where you, in, in Wikipedia it says you were working together for some years and then there's a gap and then you start working together again. Is that right or is that Wikipedia wrong? Good grief. It says like 2006 to 2008 and then 2010 to really? the present day or something like that. Wow. Was there a moment where you weren't working together? Because Wikipedia has made that decision. Oh, right. They've decided whatever you were doing Who's in that year was not... Stuff? Extraordinary harsh judgment on our 2008 C-Venues show. <laughs> um, no, we... Uh, like, our first, like... Good show was in probably 2011, I yeah. think. So oh, like yeah. two summers after we graduated, I suppose. Okay. Um, but we, I don't know, we kind of started double acting pretty early on. And yeah. then I think because, although they've been kind of fairly disastrous but fun in the way that early Edinburgh experiences can be, we kind of got addicted to that after like three years of being at university, and we'd really kind of fought to get up there and perform these shows. We, you know, um, so when I when we when we graduated, despite not having any particular momentum or, or sign from the gods that this was our calling, like, felt that it was, or, like, wanted to do it, and a bit, I mean, like a relationship, we were like, so, are we, like, taking this seriously, is this, like, going to go somewhere? <laughs> and we had to decide whether or not we were just, you know, going to go off and use our lucrative drama and creative writing and straight drama degrees. Um, <laughs> Namaste. <laughs> um, on our own. 
or whether we were going to keep working and whether, you know, whatever jobs we were able to get, you know, in London and stuff was going to be in service to this, uh, to this thing. And we, yeah. we got stuck in. So Wikipedia be lying. Okay. Well, Wikipedia's made a judgment on you guys. <laughs> I play. Our output was weak at that time. <laughs> And so the jobs you were, what jobs were you doing when when you were kind of working this? You were working for as a journalist, right, in Esquire magazine. I was indeed working as a journalist at Esquire, but but, uh, but I mean before that, I was best known uh, for handing out samples of uh, little known and slightly legally suspect uh, energy drink Neuro. I'm not sure if they still uh, sell it. Not to be taken if you're pregnant. No, <laughs> that's their slogan, unfortunately. <laughs> The first, uh, I, this might all have to go, I don't know. Um, but uh, the, like, we, I used, it was like promo work was quite sweet because it was like comparatively well paid yes. and it was mainly other actors and you, like, it was sort of easy and you could kind of get, get away with not doing very much. And so we just go to like, like a Waitrose or somewhere and hand out this energy drink. And on the first day, this American executive was like, okay, great, this one you've got to tell everyone, it's got this ingredient in which is going to help you suppress your appetite and it's the, it's the future and this is what you want to go big on. And we were like, great. And we told everyone. The next week was like, do not under any circumstances mention that ingredient. <laughs> if they ask you point blank, do not answer. Thank you so much. And we never saw him again. Wow. I've often thought, I, I tried to come up with uh, terrorist atrocities. Yes. I've often thought that that would be quite good. We wouldn't just go to a shopping centre and start handing out cans of whatever, something yeah. nice, people or chocolate bars, just fill them with anthrax. Queue up for it. Yeah, yeah, people are so greedy. And if people don't want it, just say, right, we're running out now. And then, pe honestly, people right. swarm. You could absolutely do a whole major yeah. kind of urban centre in it. Yeah, well, that's afternoon. what I was thinking. Yeah. <laughs> I don't want to do it. I just want to come up with the ideas. I'm just the ideas. I was disappointed when I didn't get the head of ISIS recently. Because <laughs> they said it was, it, was, you see, it was like on the news goes, the, the head of ISIS is about to be announced. I was going, oh, I Is it going to be? <laughs> you always hope, don't you? Do they have nominations? Yeah. I mean, I just. Overlooked, they, shortlist. overlooked again, Richard. It's, it takes so long for like, changing the leader of the Tory party. The, yeah. the ISIS got up. Um, how do they get around all the guys in ISIS to vote on it? They've got a. They're, they're pretty. They're, they're straight away. They're a 21st century out. terror organization. Yeah. They've got a press wing. They, you know, they've got they've got propaganda. They're good. But I, you know, next time, it's the kind of job I think you get. You go, yeah. Oh shit. Yeah. They're gonna kind of hunt me. A bit down, like being prime minister. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. But you know, it'd still be nice to have it, wouldn't it? It'd be an award of some kind. No, people at Cambridge don't seem as happy with me about the idea. <laughs> Has there been a serious poisoning in Cambridge Town Centre of people handing out? Because if if it's happened today. That would seem insensitive, what I just said. And I could understand why you were so upset about it, but unless it's happened, come on, it's just a joke. I mean, the thing is, it might have happened in between me recording this and this going out, and people at home are going to be fucking furious with me. Yeah. Did you not hear about the 10 million people killed by Mars bars in the Westfield? Oh, I've given a good eye place to do it now. Well. Is it Mars bars that you're planning on Yeah, Mars bars. I think, oh, like, yeah. something... Well, maybe not Mars, but I think if you did like celebrations or something like that, then everyone would get a choice. Yeah. Something like, just something people would really, you've got to think these things through. Different poison in each celebration. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it would have to match the colour of the filling, I guess. Yeah, yeah, so. yeah, yeah. Yeah, I suppose so. And, you know, if you could do one that was slow acting and communicable, communicable somehow, then that would be better. Contagious for a while. Or just, just poison Let's the water workshop supply. This. It's sort of amazing they, don't, they haven't thought of this, ISIS. Just get to the. Uh, is this the all going in the deck for when you put in your application? Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's, I've, I feel they've been. 9 11 was good. Sure. <laughs> and that wasn't really ISIS, but, you know, <laughs> so, uh, they did really well with that. I mean, from their perspective, it I'm cut not, through. It was bad. It, yeah. 
If you were them, you'd go, ooh, that was a good day. For sure. But since then... In terms of awareness, it was big. Then it's been weak. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Been weak. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'd be embarrassed. If it was your job to come up with those things all the time, that's what I'm saying. But is that, is that the head or is that their events guy? I mean, if you're the head, you're just the CEO, kind of steering yeah. the ship. You're working on overall, you know, retention, recruitment, that's, the direction. Maybe you've got, you've probably got a team of people who are kind of coming up with the the whiz bang kind of ideas. Yeah. It's a tough gig as well to follow 9/11. It's big, like, right? They've got 9 9/11s happened. Yeah. It was big. Yeah. We've got to make more of a splash. Yeah. And then no one's going to raise their hand and say celebrations. <laughs> <laughs> no, go with me on this. Go you're, with me on this. You're in Westfield, right? Picture the scene. And it is, and by the way, did I mention it's Boxing Day? All right. <laughs> now you're listening. Yeah. All right. Even the bounties. All right. <laughs> uh, <laughs> we'll let laugh. you know. Go have a laugh. Go have a laugh. Um, and you were, you were the youngest wrestler in the world? Yeah, Matt. well, I was, I was the UK's youngest professional wrestler when I was growing up. How, in, old, how old were you? I was about 14. That's young. I was, yeah. Were you wrestling grown men? I sure was wrestling grown men, yeah. Yeah, wow. yeah. There were how, no... did, how did they feel about it? <laughs> I mean, Jimmy Savile, happy, I'm guessing. <laughs> Jimmy Savile was a wrestler. I know, that's why I used that reference. Yeah, I'm, yeah, yeah. I'm, yeah. I'm, you know, I'm, yeah. I'm just checking. Yeah, luckily, Jimmy... Sorry, just ticking all the boxes. We've got <laughs> ISIS, we've got Savile. Yeah. All the, all the ledges. Um, yeah, uh, James and I didn't, didn't, didn't cross paths. Um, I think he was retired by this point, at least from wrestling. Um, <laughs> I've not followed the rest of his career that closely. Um, but, uh, yeah, no, I, I wrestled... Uh, yeah, I, I, there was a wrestling school in Portsmouth. I watched wrestling uh, when I was a teenager on a friend's uh, TV. I was very excited by it. Uh, I wanted to be a wrestler, and... The and you had irresponsible parents. Yes, yeah, it sounds very like Very lax bo bohemian parents, who I think thought, you know, follow this, you know, you'll burn your... You'll, you know, move on to something else. Yeah. And had there not been the school, I would have obviously just moved on. But instead, I kind of got trapped in this sort of uh, ridiculous existence of actually getting to be a wrestler and then, like, wrestling and travelling around the country and sort of still doing it up until the point when I... That's why, yeah, when I got to university, yeah. I was still going away... Um, like most weekends wrestling around the country yeah. and that's why I was in Italy wrestling couldn't speak Italian I was very sort of a bit bored and a bit lonely and then remembered this uh, this Argentinian character <laughs> comedian it's a relatable story guys get on board um, uh, yeah and wrote yeah wrote this song uh, and then yeah when I got back to back to Egham knocked on a van's dorm uh, with this song and a bottle of vodka and we, uh, we got, got and into it. Was that the... I mean, I know you've done... had me at vodka. <laughs> I know you've done wrestling shows since then, which we'll talk about, but well, did yeah. you stop the professional wrestling at that point? Was that the point? This Pretty much. Well, I'd always sort of known that... I'd always wanted to be a performer um, yeah. and then, like, since I could remember, and then when I... Uh, when the wrestling kind of blossomed as this bizarre adolescent passion. It kind of did take over for a while. And there was a, like, a, I, I like, had a sort of gap year between going to university. I was like, am I, is this, am I going to be a wrestler? Is this the thing I'm going to do? I didn't know. Um, but by the time I'd made the choice to, to go off and, and, like, and uh, yeah, I, I knew that I wanted to be a writer and performer and I wanted to go off. Well, and you got too old as well because you were the, your unique selling point was you were the young... Yeah, I've been, I've been schlepping that around for some years now. Yeah. This, I was the UK's youngest professional. <laughs> oh, never, never mind. Oh, God bless. All right, never mind. Was it, a thi was, it the, was it a thing they go, we're going to wrestle the child now or was it, was it not? <laughs> no, just, 
just for fun, we're going to chuck a kid in. Next up, ladies and gentlemen, it's your man versus child match. If anyone came specifically for that match, the police are here for you. Or was it never referred to? Was it just like people go, why is there a small child? I was... Uh, so in Mexico, they've got a tradition um, of small wrestlers, which are normally people yeah. of restricted growth. They're called the minis, and they're spectacular, but they are also uh, presented as children. Their characters, are ch- the, the, the kids are told, those are children, but they're normally they're like chain-smoking 40-year-old blokes. Um, but, um, but I was not in Mexico. I was in the Buckland Community Centre in Portsmouth. <laughs> and um, no, I was just the really small wrestler. It was called Max Voltage, the human dynamo. And I used to nip around and bounce off the ropes and sort of jump at people. And that was my thing. Yeah, that's sort of wrestling in a nutshell. Basically, I yeah. used to run around and jump off the ropes. <laughs> well, lots of, lots, lots <laughs> of the big lads used to just stand in the middle and get jumped on. You know, yeah. that's, the, that's the sort of yin-yang dynamic. Well, I, was the prev- I, mean, I, was, I wasn't a wrestler, but the wrestling I watched was the previous generation to what I'm imagining. I imagine you watching WWF or whatever That's what I started on. Yeah. And then I sort of... But I, you know, Big Daddy and... Big Daddy and Giant Haystack. Where they literally just... They, when those two fought against each other, they basically just one of them would stand yeah. in the middle while the other one... Stagger just, off. Just bounced across the thing. <laughs> two, good. Yeah, up two mountains sort yeah. of rolling into one another. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I met some of those guys. I went to the Wrestlers Reunion once in Essex, which happens every year where you meet the old old wrestling legends and they kind of give out awards and stuff. I mean, there aren't that many old wrestlers around. It's a, no. it's a very uh, bad lifestyle. But Kendo Nagasaki. Kendo Nagasaki, who has a group of acolytes called the Keepers of the Salt. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, and who lost a finger. Everyone said it was due to being in the samurai, but it was actually like a threshing accident at a farm. Okay. Is wrestling real? Yes. Okay, good. <laughs> That's, that's, that's that finally sorted out. You're all keepers of the salt now. <laughs> <laughs> and so you have done, let's talk about this. You've done, you've done in Edinburgh for a few years, you've done yeah. the, uh, putting comedians against professional wrestlers in a big one-off kind of event every yes. Edinburgh, right? Yeah. yeah. yeah so yeah. tell me about how does that work? You, are, you, are you wrestling in that as well? I've, I've graduated to wrestling. Yeah. Uh, to begin with, I, I did no wrestling because I ain't a wrestler. No. Um, but then I, yeah, I kind of got into it. And, and by, the, by the last show, uh, we had a, a one-on-one match, just the two of us oh, wow. wrestling away. I jumped off the top rope and, uh, and well, I almost died, to be honest. Uh, <laughs> well, in the most recent show, Evan ended up jumping off a ladder. He's kind of got, he's, yeah. he's, re- he's really gone from zero to a million. I don't remember that, to no, be honest. No. Is a ladder allowed in the ring? In a, in a ladder match, it's oh, okay. actively encouraged. Of course, the old ladder, the ladder match. If you're on a ladder, do you both have to stay on the ladder in a ladder match, or is there just a ladder that you're allowed to use? There's a ladder that you're allowed to use, yeah. and, the, and the way you win is you've got to climb to the top and grab the belt, which is suspended 20 feet above, above wow. the ring. Wow. Yeah. yeah. No pinfalls, no submissions. But I chose to jump off of it onto a bunch of wrestlers. Yeah. I did not do. win the match. I didn't win. No. Has anyone been badly injured when you put comedians... I'm presuming drunk comedians. Drunk comedians? Yeah. We have not, I say with some qualification, <laughs> had any drunk comedians <laughs> on. No, we've not had any drunk comedians okay. do the show. Um, and we've escaped without any... I, I hurt my ankle the very first time we did it. Okay. But other than me, and that's fine, I don't count. And that was because we'd never done it before. And we were, it was very overwhelming organising it. Uh, but after that, everyone, we've got a 100% safety record. It was the, the first time we did the show. It was halfway through our our run in Edinburgh, um, where we were performing in front of 40 people every day, if we were lucky. 
Um, and Sadly, we were in the grand, so yeah. it was a, we lost a lot of money. Um, so yeah, we had this massive show in the middle. We were doing, um, af after every show uh, in front of these 40 people, we would say, in two weeks, we're performing in a 770-seater venue, and we'd really appreciate it if you came and watched, because we don't know how this is going to go. Um, and luckily, it all went fine, although Max did break his ankle, and then we, we cancelled one show so that he could go to um, the hospital. On a hospital bed... It, no, it doesn't matter. Still can't do it. Still can't <laughs> I'm do so it. sorry. We found someone Still else. Still can't do it. Never Still mind. Do it. Maybe season two. Um, and then we had to re-choreograph quite a quite a physical show um, with Max wearing cru uh, wearing crutches, <laughs> <laughs> which didn't help matters. I should have been using crutches. <laughs> so that's thick Scottish accents. I couldn't tell what they were telling me. And was that you won the, uh, the uh, one of the, the Edinburgh Prize, the panel awards yes. of the wrestling as well? Yeah. Yes, indeed. Wow. So Which was, that was our first year in Pleasance. That was yes, we were in the in the cellar doing our do this ri ridiculous multi-character show about Holmes and Watson yes. being old um, and inventing the Charleston, which is hard to do when you're wearing crutches. And <laughs> um, and then and then yeah, we did this wrestling show. To, yeah, have a day off. And how how planned was that idea? Was that something you'd thought about doing before Edinburgh, or was it just one of those crazy Edinburgh ideas? Well, it was definitely one of those crazy Edinburgh ideas, and, and it was like. It was vintage, like, we talked about it and we were like, oh, how can it happen? And then we'd done, like, a preview in London at the Pleasance in Islington, again, in front of, like, 20 people, but yeah. the head of comedy, Ryan, happened to be there and Ivan happened to be very, very drunk and just was, like, loudly talking about this idea at the bar. It was one of those sort of things. Right, and then right. Ryan was, like, happened to be a big wrestling fan and I remember, like, I was, like, sort of staggering home to my, like, dingy, awful flat in Bow where I was living. And Ivan was, like, drunk and he texted me, but like, I think we're going to do it. Ryan's got really excited. He's talking about the biggest space <laughs> in Edinburgh. And then next day, like, at my job, I was at Esquire magazine at the time. We, like, because Ryan had, like, sort of drunkenly agreed to it, we, like, made this, like, packet, like, this folder of, like, full-color printouts and stuff and, like, I think, like, couriered it to his office wow. in the Pleasance, being like, thank you so much for agreeing to this. We've just put down the deposit on a wrestling ring, uh, so it's all happening, uh, which was a lie. But, we, but in order to, just, like, get him to, like, put in writing yeah. that it was, it was happening. Yeah. And then we had to convince a load of comics to train to wrestle, which they didn't want to do. <laughs> and had to, and we had they to go, didn't, really. And they didn't either the first time. And we had to go, like, train them on our, like, lunch breaks in central London. It was all an absolute mess. Right, right. But after the first one, everyone, the ego of comics kind of kicked in. They're like, hold on a second, if we actually try then you know then it could be fun right brilliant um and so the double act is i mean it is a, it's the sketch shows are i mean they're it's not quite you know when we're building a sketches they think of sort of student he did lots of unconnected you know uh, oh, we've been there <laughs> but yours are yours are a lot a narrative thing i was watching um the the one you're touring i think at the moment yeah, yeah, yeah. i'm forgetting the name of commitment, commitment. january 23rd yeah, it's good you know the name of it <laughs> Uh, and um, it's uh, yeah, it's it's so that's about uh, your your stag stagnite and about you being an abandoned sort of the nostalgia for yeah. the band you were in as a as a kid. But then you're playing the other you're playing the other parts in it as well. So it's that was it seems more like a it's more it's more about you two than than maybe some of them have been right. So yeah, absolutely. Yeah, that we've been like I don't, getting more and more into actual stuff that's happened. Uh, that, although we hadn't plan to anything but we yeah we did this Ivan got married last year and uh, I organized this super elaborate stag and then it and then we ended up just talking to our friends about like the weekend that we'd had and then basically met up back in the, the start of this year and we're like 
This feels a lot more interesting than the show we were like halfway through writing. Than the rubbish high concept show that we were trying <laughs> to work out. Just something to do with like an encyclopedia of the entire universe. Okay. And, and from A to Z in, in what, 26 consecutive shows? And everything in that one show would be beginning with the letter A. Yes, yeah. okay. So we might go back to that next year. Yeah. I so mean, you're going to do 20. You're going to do 26 different shows. That was the yeah. plan. Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah I mean, yeah. I've thought. I've thought of things like doing that. It's yeah. too, a lot of work. It's though, a lot of work, isn't it's it? Too much. It is too much work. Better think of one good idea. I mean, there's so much uh, in that sh- in this show and in the Stag Night, and I'm presuming it is fairly accurate to what actually happened. Yeah. It's, it's all um, pretty true. Yeah. So it's a, it's an incredible. I mean, a that made that's what made me feel like you guys like like each other. I mean, you properly like each other. Well, you, you've, I don't want to give away what happens, but it's had such an elaborate uh, sort of stunts and, I mean, and working out what's going to... And surprises well, the, and yeah. a really full-on So that, Yeah, the, a, the aim of the weekend was basically... Ivan was in a, in a band when he was a teenager. Voodoo 7-2. Yeah, baby. <laughs> Got Liverpool a... and the Wirral's premier post-punk funk art rock outfit. <laughs> couple of fans in tonight <laughs> me <laughs> and that guy yeah <laughs> uh, uh, but yeah so th- yeah my big idea was to try and try and get them all back together uh for one more gig which is when Ivan is truly in his heart of hearts like you know that's what he really wants to do yeah uh and many signs would indicate that ship has probably sailed no, you um, never know. but I thought it would be fun to try and do that so it's about uh, yeah the show is about this uh this quest and it and it's the first time we've ever used like we've got like a projector and stuff so yeah. we've got lots of humiliating photos of us when we were younger and well that's very impressive that you've got all that stuff again you're kind of thinking well how have you got that photo of you, you at school assembly conducting yeah 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 but yeah. you've got the, that's all real is it yeah 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 yeah, yeah we've massive this... spoiler oh yeah. is it we might have to beat that oh, okay sorry i didn't <laughs> think that was too bad a good <laughs> that's all right, that's <laughs> right. <laughs> but there's lots of uh, we can we can take it out <laughs> Um, there's lots of this, you know, these footage from the time. So yeah. were, were you storing this up, thinking as a kid that you were going to be? Oh, apparently, doing a show? I, apparently, when I was a kid, I would always like if I if I'd done like a picture at school or anything, and eventually my mum would be like, "It's time to clear your room. What do you want to throw away?" And I'd always go, "No, it needs to go into storage because one day it's going to be in a museum." <laughs> I used to think that I had I had everything. Fucking little shit. (laughs) And I stand by it. (laughs) I was the same. I kept everything for the music for the museum of me. It's going to be up Cheddar Gorge. It hasn't happened yet, but it'll it'll be there. Quite right. Be there eventually. It's got to be. Um, I mean, there's a picture of you going to school dressed as a candle. Am I allowed to say that? That's absolutely. Is that for real? So there was a Mufti day where anyone could go dressed in your own clothes. Yes. And you went dressed as a candle. Yeah. Even though it wasn't a fancy dress day. No, but it was crucially a day where you could dress as whatever you wanted. And maybe some kids had a little more imagination than others. (laughs) And maybe most of the kids at Craneswater Junior School weren't ready for it. So maybe I moved to Wimborne Junior School. Where everyone was nicer. <laughs> and maybe I also learned to assimilate a bit more yeah. into society. By becoming a professional wrestler. By becoming a professional wrestler <laughs> and a narrative sketch comedian. <laughs> where did it all go so right? But so you've been working together for like 10 years or so, and yet you're still, I mean, that's what interests me as someone yeah. in a double act. Uh, and you know you, you're obviously becoming a double act with someone you're friendly with, but then you're working together all the time. Yeah, and yeah. I, a lot of double acts, they sort of 
work together and then don't necessarily socialise together so much because they're together all the time. Yeah. But it seems you guys, if you've gone to the lengths you go to in the show, that that's a very sweet, almost romantic and loving and tender thing you've done for, well, for each other. I think we... It is like... When we, the, chance, the times we spend so much time together, we work together, we've got like a sort of studio where we write stuff and then like obviously if we gig, then we're together in the evening. Like, we, we don't really argue, but it's quite rare and nice when we get the chance to like go out and like get pissed like for no reason. Like often, you know, we'll end up at a party and, get, and, and, and you're sort of hanging out and then you can kind of socialise. But it's, it's, it is like an intense marriage-like yeah. world. But I'm, I don't know, I'm like fascinated by double acts and the relationship between double Me acts. Me too. <laughs> <laughs> um, and well, somebody once asked Max, if, or they asked both of us, if we went to university looking for a double act partner. And I said, well, obviously not. And Max said yes. <laughs> <laughs> he actually sought me out. He's yeah. like, who's vulnerable enough for me to control? <laughs> Him, yeah, there you go. And if I was like, yep. Yeah. I mean, what's also interesting is with a double act, it has to work in a certain way. You have, there has to be conflict and there has to be things, you know, you have to be opposite in certain ways, which you are. You got, there's a very clear distinction between you, in, certainly in the act, I think. And, mm -hmm. in, yeah. You know, the, the sort of like slightly straighter and, uh, you know, well-groomed <laughs> one you. And uh, <laughs> the more slovenly, I may have got it the wrong way around. Oh, man. Slightly sillier one. Yeah. The, the, so the, that's that's kind of right down there. So again, you know, those sometimes those tensions and those differences can can be a problem. I think the only time it was real, really, a point of tension for me was when people in university would always say the attractive one and the other one, and oh. uh, that would really hurt. <laughs> don't I don't remember that. But no, no. Well, <laughs> for some reason, they kept telling me. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe they meant you as the attractive one. Nope. Oh no, they they didn't. Um. <laughs> <laughs> um, <I d> <laughs> Maybe some of them did, you know, like, I mean, I'm talking here from the point of view of, I'm the Ivan of my double acts. Ooh. Yeah. You know, you're married, so, you know, <laughs> it's worked out, hasn't it? You're doing all right. Uh, I'll take it. <laughs> um, but, I, yeah, I, I don't know. I think we try, like... We we don't we've never had like a I don't think we've ever had like a blazing row that hasn't just been about like a, a show we're trying to write or a you know a thing yeah. we're trying to do, and I don't know it'd be I think it'd be a shame if things just fell apart for no I don't know I remember like I remember once speaking to Jennifer Saunders about like her like are you still friends with Dawn French she said yes and that's like the most important like we're friends above everything else and we you know. You could, as, if you can keep that going, then yeah, you can yeah. kind of come back and do stuff whenever you like. Um, so, but yeah, it'd be nice to get to that moment where you can just pick it, where you can, you've, done a, you've got a body of work and you can slosh around living a fabulous life and then whenever you want, you can just phone each other up and do a thing. And, but currently, we're in a financial death spiral where we're dependent on one another. <laughs> so please do come to our show on January 23rd at the Cambridge Junction, <laughs> please, because we need this. <laughs> and you're on tour with this show... We sure are. So I don't want. I can't. I can't give any more spoilers because you're doing this show. No. Now. Yeah. Yeah. Come see. Come uh, see. But it is true. All over the UK. Seventeen dates. <laughs> Seventeen. <laughs> too many. Are you it playing? Seems. The big question, though. Are you playing Tiverton? Yes, are. we are playing Tiverton, guys. 
That's the big one when you're playing Tiverton. Okay. Let me know how many people come to see you in Tiverton. <laughs> sure. We'll tweet you. Yeah. Tweet me. Are there any names in particular we should look out for? <laughs> I just want numbers. I just want numbers. Okay. I'm the mayor was there. Then I can make a judgment of how well you're doing on tour. Perfect. If Tiverton is listening, please come out in force. Oh, yeah. I've wrecked the experiment now by... By letting people of Tiverton know you're coming. We're going to get now, your five. They're going to come out in force. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's lovely, lovely place. Um, <laughs> do you think you'll ever split up and hate each other? And what reasons do you I think just that have to will read be read for? Wikipedia, I guess. <laughs> um, I mean, oh, why would we? On why we'd split? I don't, why am I looking at you like? Will you, <laughs> will you split up with me? Because I'm clearly fine. <laughs> That's the dynamic, Please. the doe-eyed, watery smile of Ivan, hopefully. Will we? I can't tell Ivan about 2021 yet, but... No. <laughs> no, never. Okay. We're going to be performing narrative sketch comedy together ever more I happily so. and lucratively until we die aged 100. I hope so. Right, I'll ask you some emergency questions and then we will uh, talk a little bit more about... Uh, all right. I've been, I've been very, it's been a lovely day for me watching uh, your stuff and Olga's stuff. It's been it's a lovely job, this. Just watching comedy all day and then talking to people in it and being slightly rude to them. It's good. <laughs> or very rude to them. Um, who do you consider the best of Jesus' more obscure disciples? <laughs> the best of Jesus' more obscure disciples. Oh, right. So you can't have any of the main ones. You can't have Judas. Right. Peter. Yeah. Um, Cecil? I don't there is one called Cecil. That's why he's so good. He is good. You've not heard of Cecil the 13th disciple? <laughs> some, of the, some of the scriptures which the Council of Nicaea threw away uh, yeah. really cite Cecil. He taught Jesus breakdancing uh, and, yeah, and used, yeah. to bring, um, used to bring pies, to the, p- pies <laughs> to, to, to the big meats. I believe there's a lot of apocrypha that doesn't make it into the text. Yeah, exactly. So. Teenage Jesus doing magic tricks and stuff. Yeah. And his, yeah, his summer hitchhiking around the Algarve with Cecil. <laughs> Good. Um, Pair of shaggers. <laughs> well, look, I should they ask... turn water you into condoms, I am should, I right? I, if I'm doing emergency questions, I should do this. This is a, a slight twist on a classic emergency question. Have you ever tried to suck each other's cocks? Hey! <laughs> I just want to take in this, this moment as being part of the pantheon of people All who right. asked the, the, the cock question. We each other's. Each, yeah, each, each other's. other's. Okay. That's a bit easier than doing it. I mean, to be honest, the, the whole double act dynamic is based on the tension that I'm always trying. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. If but we Max did that, is never letting. <laughs> our final show when we're 100, we're just going to be two <laughs> old men. Wa- if you want to try it now, gently filleting each how other. How would you go about it if you, if you had to do it simultaneously? If you had to do it simultaneously, yeah. it would be a I'd kind be... of tombstone pile driver position. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you want to. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> It's the spinning part. I mean, that's got to make... uh, I wonder if the spin as well as the fellatio will be... I think the spin would be in there. If you could just describe that for the audio listeners. No, I don't want to. It's burned into my retinas. Woo! Uh, Yeah. Oh, no, you've broken the microphone. Here we go. Back 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 in the room. Um, 
Okay, I'll ask you this question that's come up. Uh, if you could have all your teeth replaced by psychic orbs that could tell you all future events by telepathy, but it would scream at a high-pitched volume every time you opened your mouth, <laughs> would you go ahead with the teeth replacement operation? I know you've probably been asked this before. <laughs> Doing press is such a drag. <laughs> How do the orbs... Uh tell you things does they that scream them at a high pitch volume oh, they scream... the question okay sorry so I, thought the, you'd sc... open your I mouth... thought the scream was additional just like a scream of fear or no. horror you know when your mouth's closed nothing when you open them dead boris johnson's going to destroy the planet okay and also are the psychic screams yeah. based on questions that you have sent to the orbs or um, you're just getting a broad spread of things from the future. I think they're just chucking stuff in there ran, at random. I've also got a question. Yeah, of course. Because um, I've actually still got three baby teeth. Have three you? Three milk teeth. Uh, that would be a, a much better question. Here. I can see them. That is weird. Yeah, yeah, I just wasn't born with the adult teeth underneath to push them out. Wow. So are the orbs shaped like adult teeth? Because then <laughs> no, I they're orbs. Look... Oh, they're, they're orbs. Yeah. <laughs> 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 yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, if yeah, only yeah. the word orb described in some way a shape. Very much orbs. Hey, no, yeah, but now we have orbs. To... Okay, fine. Uh, let's forget about the orbs. Let's talk about your baby teeth. Yeah, your tiny sure. baby teeth. Have you got three? Uh, yeah, I think like another one up here somewhere. <laughs> I don't know. But the, yeah, the, these two. I mean, are they're mainly... so little. It's quite cute, isn't it? I know. Yeah. The dentist said um, he'd that, never seen anything like that... it, and you were. <laughs> Freaking should we take out the back and shot? <laughs> Argentinian <laughs> dentists are very superstitious. It is a diablo. Unless he's albino, in which case, it's good luck. But, but you not. must keep him as a pet. What did the dentist say? Um, they said that it's okay medically, but it just looks bad. Yeah. <laughs> and so I was fine in that. Wow. I mean, it's right at the front as well. It's yeah. Front and it's centre, cruel. though. I think it kind of, it's quite balanced. If it had been like, uh, uh, if it had been like one of the canines gone, then I think you'd have had to get it sorted. Yeah, but it's weird, isn't it? Does what? it ever prove a problem with chewing or anything like that? Or is it all, I mean, I suppose it's more the tearing teeth. No, though. I think just one day they will fall out and then I'll just have a gap and then I really need to sort I mean, out. a tiny gap, though. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> yeah, you probably only have one tooth to replace it, right? Yeah, I think. Yeah, yeah at, least, uh, at least it's cheaper when it comes to it. <laughs> it's a non-bleak <laughs> look into your future plans. Yeah. Wow. Are you going to have children? Because I don't think you should risk it. <laughs> what if that... What if that... No, the recessive part? dental teeth. like more teeth the next time? Other things don't change? The trouble is you wouldn't fair. know if anything was wrong until they got to be... How, <laughs> how old are kids when they teeth? Yeah. I did. Or, well... Not even teeth, it's, it's, it's the second round of teeth that you're looking out for. Yeah, the oh. first teeth will come through fine. You're thinking, yeah. it's going to be yeah. okay, the teeth are okay, and then no. It's only when you've got no adult. You've got like one these one teeth third of the correct number, and it'll be... And think of the money you missed out on, on like, from the tooth fairy. Yeah. That's two quid there, probably. Or um, ratoncito perez. Oh, yes, of which course. Which is where I, uh, where I grew up. Is that what it's called? A, is a little mouse. A um, little mouse? Yeah, who, who would um, take your teeth. Uh, give that. you money? Give you money, right. of course. But that, How does that the, mouse... Mouse, the mouse turned your teeth, those teeth down? Yeah. The mouse took one look at those teeth and said, I don't want, I'm not paying for those. They're Absolute staying in. Tooth snob. Yeah. The British tooth fairy would have taken those teeth, mate. Yeah, true. That's why I voted to leave. <laughs> Amazing. Who'd have thought that Jan the, 23rd, guys. the teeth orb question would have got that revelation? 
Have you done, any, have you done sure any? Orbs aren't shaped like human teeth. They're really not. <laughs> like, they're really... Have you ever yeah. done a show about your tiny teeth? No. <laughs> that but... really, if I was a, if I had tiny teeth, that'd be all I would do. That's an hour. Thank God I haven't got tiny teeth because I would literally just every show would be tiny teeth, tiny teeth, tiny teeth more tiny teeth, tiny teeth three. <laughs> Revenge of the tiny teeth. I can't take you seriously now. <laughs> Let's go back to... <laughs> I think it's all right, isn't it? There's not many things, you can, physical things you can take the piss out of anymore, but yeah, a grown man having tiny teeth, tiny teeth, that's still fine, isn't it? Yeah. I mean, there'll, become, there'll be a point where someone will go, think of the tiny... Who's going to look after the tiny teeth? Community. There's a man. You'd be on this morning saying, yeah, it's, you know... Obviously, it's a struggle, the tiny teeth community. <laughs> we are mocked for a long time, but there's nothing wrong with having tiny teeth. I look forward to being their spokesperson. Yeah. We're here today with a man from the microdental community. <laughs> Ivan Gonzalez, tell it's, us a little bit. Okay, never mind. It's Ivan. Okay, it's sure. So, <laughs> I was listening to your radio show on the, in the car drive here, the casebook of Max and Ivan. Yes, yeah, thank you. Joanna Lumley was in it. What a woman. That was pretty incredible. So, how many of these have you done? How, is this the, was that the Christmas special I was listening to? Um, or was that it, was, no, you've got a Christmas special coming up. That was up. from our second set. We've done two, two short series, like four sure. episodes each, and we did a Halloween special with Mark Heap, um, nice. which was wonderful. And then, uh, yeah, we're writing a New Year's special, a New Year's Eve special at the moment. They're quite, I like it because it's, it's got a kind of old-fashioned feel to it as in, yeah. a, in a radio mm. show. It's like a, a step back into those... Yeah. 50s kind of comedy shows. When, like the first radio comedy I ever loved was Round the Horn, which right. I used to do when I in bed ill one day when I was a kid, and it was like blew my mind. And it's essentially that in that a sort of tribute to those that era of ridiculous caper yeah. and yeah. So it's quite different than your your live shows in the, in that sense. It's, there's a sort of yeah, it's, a stylistic change. It, it's closer to the like the early like the sort of Sherlock Holmes show we were doing back right. in the day. We just, like that was a very kind of silly, zany kind of knockabout, screwball type thing with us sort of playing lots of different characters and, and going undercover and, and like idiotic wordplay and lots of dumb gags and none of it meaning anything, but hopefully it being quite fun. Did you see that? I'm, I'm reminding myself. Did anyone see that Chris Morris thing where he talks about? Uh, the purpose of comedy on Channel 4 recently was like, what is comedy? Is it an exotic display for the court? Which I think was meant quite derisively. And I was like, well, yeah, like, kind of. It? <laughs> Sounds quite, quite fun, really. Yeah, um, just silly jokes. But yeah, I think he was kind of talking about satire and, you know, if, if, if satire is weak, it's kind of actually placating people as opposed to inspiring social change. But, I mean... I I'm all for being placated. <laughs> 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 Placate me on a hospital bed. <laughs> I'm so sorry. We've 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 gone a different direction with that role. Um, My tiny teeth have got a lot of plaque. Plaque. Got a lot of plaque. Plaque. I don't know what I'm saying anymore. Freestyling, free associating with the word plaque. There. Yeah, I was a little bit. <laughs> it did not work. You deserve a plaque. <laughs> but yeah, well, comedy. I mean, it's when people start pontificating about what comedy is and what it has to be and what it's supposed to do. It's kind of crazy because it's it's like saying music's meant to be one thing or you know it's. It, it has a variety of different purposes at right. different times. And if it was all, I love Chris Morris, but he, if it was all Chris Morris, Chris Morris wouldn't be very, it wouldn't, you wouldn't enjoy Chris Morris right. anymore. And he's a formidable genius. And yeah, yeah. Some, his work is this, like some of my, the favorite stuff I've ever seen. But yeah, our stuff was very different. And that, uh, yeah, that kind of early 40s and 50s radio comedy was something I massively enjoyed and we both yeah. really enjoyed it and wanted to. It's, it's really well done. And it, you know, it just, it has that feel. It doesn't, 
it doesn't feel like you're doing that show. It just has that kind of that, the feel. Yeah, of oh, it, yeah. It's not like a the year is yeah. 1953. Like it's yeah. not kind of trying to be a sort of reenactment thing. It's, yeah, it's set in the modern day and everything. Yeah. but it's just kind of yeah that sort of zippy style. And you're working with my producer Ben Walker. Producer Ben. Went, yeah. We were with um, him earlier today. So what, what are you, what's the thing you're working on? Is, this is a, an internet podcast Yes, well, yeah, we're, we're making a show at the moment called... I don't know if you've heard of podcasts. I haven't heard of it. You should get, you should get into it. Not them, ones Richard. that aren't just t- people sitting down talking to each other. <laughs> I don't. Um, we, yeah, we're, we're doing a podcast with producer Ben yeah. uh, called Max and the Man Fugitives, which is very, very, very different to case because it's sort of uh, edgy, uh, gritty, geopolitical comedy thriller is how it's, okay. how it's being, uh, being sold to the don't world. Don't understand what that is, <laughs> but I'm happy to be involved. <laughs> <laughs> what I write, Ivan sort of curls up at my feet like a cat and purrs. Is, um, <laughs> yeah. Throws me bits of food every now and again. <laughs> Catch them in your tiny teeth. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> tiny little orbs, they're not orbs. Um, yeah, it's, cool. yeah it's, a, it's, a, it's a comedy, it's a thriller, um, an eight-episode story arc, which is really fun to write, uh, in, which, uh, in which two characters named Max and the Van go on this uh, mad chase across Europe trying to solve an uh, ever-unfurling mystery. Good. Mm. When, where, where can we get it? Wherever you are listening to a podcast right now, no. yeah. you can probably get it. In the on, Cambridge on Corn that. Exchange. Yes. <laughs> We're handing out... Uh, <laughs> Downloadable copies at the Cambridge Corn Exchange from 2pm to 4pm on March the 3rd. It's all free. It's not one of those ones we have to go behind a paywall, or is it? Nah, nah mate. No. Egalitarian scripted we podcast. We don't have to sign up to someone and then they say you can have it for I free. I don't think you even need up. to do that. As far as I understand, it'll it's be... It's going to be on all platforms. Out in the world. Out end of End of November. It'll, sure. Yeah. Sounds first, about right. First three episodes are coming out at the end of November and then weekly until sort of Christmas time. And it's got um, a really, really brilliant cast, all of whom producer Ben nervily twitched at us that we weren't allowed to talk about. Fuck him, tell us. Well... <laughs> He's uh, not like he can edit it out later. <laughs> Is Prince Andrew in it? Because he hates me mentioning him. Andy became a lot more available recently. <laughs> Although, the part that we wrote for him, Sinister Royal. Um, <laughs> um, no, Ben was going, you're not allowed to... He was like, talk about the podcast, but don't, don't mention anything about the podcast. But we're allowed, there's someone from Game of Thrones in it. Okay. There you go, yeah. Ben. Um, and someone... Wow who will be in Killing Eve, the next series. Ooh. That could be anyone. Not interested. And lots of... <laughs> Someone from the Adam Buxton podcast. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. It's Adam, Adam Buxton. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so... Hold on, how come Adam Buxton's in it? What? He's the same as me. Why is he, why is he in it? <laughs> producer, producer Ben doing Why haven't I got a job in it? You've got to take that out with Ben, I'm afraid. He, wow. he, he was deeply involved in the casting. Oh, um, Adam actually talked about um, being he's, told he's got about a bone the, to pick with you about the top trumps. Oh yes, there's beef. Um, he said that he, he got contacted about it, um, and he said that he um, the, the person designing them had nothing to do with the scores, as though it sounded like he had some quite low scores. <laughs> he was, yeah, he got contacted apologetically, basically about whatever his scores are on the on the uh, on the top trumps. So right. He says if you've screwed him on the top trumps, then Fuck you. That's, <laughs> that's a message from Adam. I set the scores. Oh, really? Yeah. Though a couple of them, they got fucked up, so it might be that. So a couple, <laughs> a couple of them, um, they're mainly okay, except London Hughes comes out as 64. 
years of age, which I don't think she'll be pleased. With. Maybe she, it means she's a better card yeah. than she would be if it was she's a got correct super, age. She's supercharged. And, and uh, uh, Bob Mortimer is 44, according to the card, which is also... But that's quite flattering. So I think he'll be, I think he'll be happy with that. <laughs> Not my fault. Um, I did it right. Uh, cool. And um, let's... Uh, yeah, let me just check that there wasn't anything important I was going to say to you. No, fuck it, let's go home. Um, there's loads more I want to talk to you about. I'm going to ask you another emergency question. Because the teeth were good. I imagine if we get the teeth again. What, if you could have... Like, I'll ask you my one about museums and art galleries. If you could take one uh, painting or artefact from any museum or art gallery in the world and keep it, what would you have? Ooh. Now, we... I don't, would I want this? I think I kind of would... I mean, so, we went to the Museum of Old and New Art, Mona, in Tasmania. Yeah. Okay, nice. Super cool. What a shit name for a muse- museum of old... Just, it's, I mean, it's just the Museum of Art, really. Old yeah. and new. Mona's cool, though. Mona is cool. And also, it's owned by, like, a mad professional gambler who's been banned from every casino in the world, so oh. does what he wants. It's on his own private island house. Um, it, had, it had a... Ro- no, this is not what I want but it kind of helps to explain it. Um, it had a robot which made... Shit. Human shit. <laughs> well, it made a robot shit. It, like, processed food and then turned it into a shit. I can only take your first answer, I'm afraid. Wait! He's showing his working, Richard. He's showing his working. Wait! You don't know where this could go. <laughs> it was broken on the day that we went. Oh, and so I was you weren't really, working. I was really disappointed. Okay. And then one of the ushers said, right, okay... Go to the toilet. toilet go to the toilets upstairs. And do a shit. <laughs> wait, wait, wait. And that's what it is. So go to the third cubicle yeah. and sit down. And I said, okay, fine. So I went to that cubicle and I sat down. And then, lo and behold, in front of me was this um, little viewing hole. And I looked in <laughs> and there were a series of mirrors which went directly up towards my anus and then <laughs> I, I could see myself having a shit <laughs> uh, Michelangelo's David thank you so much <laughs> you'd have the shitting mirrors as well Through that, I could see myself shitting, and then through a normal mirror, I could just see my little teeth. What a day. What a time to be alive. (laughs) If the shitting robot had worked, would you have taken that? Well, I don't know. (laughs) Probably not. I've got a cat, and that's basically doing that every day. (laughs) All it is doing is sleeping and then shitting, and I have to clean it up. (laughs) Having seen it once, though, I mean, your own... But it's the a conversation starter. <laughs> the novelty might wear off. Was it being broadcast on the internet at the same time? <laughs> I mean, a, I hope not. <laughs> probably have a little sideline, though. Set up a webcam there as well. It'd be anonymous, though, wouldn't it? Just think the person at the museum saying, yeah, go to the third one along. <laughs> I'm not... I won't be watching you. I haven't got a live feed of it. Have a good Playing into long. the rest of the museum. What if you'd walked out and everyone just been... Good God. Oh. <laughs> It's the peanut butter guy, is it? I see. Good. I think that was a good answer. 
Everything. You could have anything in the world. You could have made one of those yourself. It's just a mirror. It's, it's a fucking it, also, mirror. Is it even it's a just breakfast? shit on a mirror and look at the mirror. Even, <laughs> is it even an art installation? Was that not just a public <laughs> convenience? Like, did you even pick something that was listed as an artwork within the thing? Because Mona had a like a mad iPad where you could go and like learn about all of the bits of art. Yeah. And I'm pretty sure that wasn't on it. You that was just a toilet. You just it was just a broken toilet. A, bro a toilet <laughs> with some, some some reflective surfaces and the ability to gaze into your own anus. Okay, I, I will change it to the neo dadaist Robert Rauschenberg. Fine, okay. there you go. Okay. Someone did, did like an art, art. No, I didn't enjoy it as much. Yeah. Um, Stick to your guns, man. <laughs> uh, well, I'll ask you this. Who's the most famous uh, surprising person you've ever been in a lift with? And which I mean, you kind of got into the lift with them. They just happened to be in the lift you were in. Oh. If any. Or, uh, you know, other situation. This is, uh, this is vaguely related. But when I was okay. young, when I was a kid, I had a genuine, like, phobia, like, panic attack-inducing phobia of walking into a lift and Uma Thurman would be there. And this is... <laughs> entirely true and she would uh, be wearing a sort of uh, like Burberry style trench coat and then she would stab me in the back with a machete wow. and I would die and that was one of my main worries about the way I would die for yeah. some, some years now you've said it in a podcast I think that could happen oh no I think she listens to this I take I choose the orb teeth just so I know <laughs> please yeah would you quite like it if that happened? I mean, it's, uh, it's like me having... I dreamt that um, I was eating lettuce with Blur last you, night. I mean, that doesn't involve you being stabbed to death, Richard. No, but, you know, it's interesting, though, isn't it? I've got to... <laughs> I wanted to find out if it's, you know, how the dream went. It'd be interesting to meet up with Alex James, see if he... What's, What's that kind of lettuce called where it's like... A, you know, is that... Romaine? Oh. oh. <laughs> no? What is it? I mean, it, it is Romaine. Yeah. Sure. It's interesting, isn't it? It's... Uh, Leave or remain. Yeah. <laughs> Love, lovely bit of topical. Thank you. <laughs> uh, I didn't script it. <laughs> Haven't been trying to get that joke in. Just made that up. Remain. Uh, have you been, ever been in a lift with the famous person? Max, does that count? No. 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 On That's an escalator? It. Travelator? In a gym? I don't know if I've ever been on a travel... Oh, no, I guess in an airport. Yeah. Uh, who was it that we were in... Um, um, it, was, it was one of those uh, buses that takes you from one terminal to another, and you really wanted me to take a picture of someone famous. Um, I, don't, I don't know. Oh, um, this is not a good <laughs> anecdote. <laughs> what did we say before we went on stage, Yvonne? Keep my mouth shut. <laughs> I once shared a lift with, he's, he's famous in a certain group of people, Bruce Buffer, the, um, the golden-voiced ring announcer of UFC and the brother of Michael Buffer, who invented uh, the let's get ready to rumble catchphrase oh, and yeah. copyrighted it for billions of dollars at this point. Uh, I shared a lift to a Skyloft in Las Vegas with him and he was with two women who were not, I suspect, his daughters. <laughs> <laughs> Good, we've got some gossip about someone I don't care about. <laughs> oh, no. Right, I'll go. Oh, my goodness, the time has flown by. Just check there isn't anything important I had to actually ask you. I think, I think uh, we covered most not. of it. Uh, well, I was interested in this, the school reunion show was an interesting idea, and I've seen little clips of that. That's uh, 
so that was a good way of getting lots of different characters in. Was that based on going to your own school reunions? Because it's a very, you know, it's a very... I went to school reunion when I was about 26, and you feel like, oh, we've been away from school for so long. And now I kind of think it would be... My parents kind of go to school reunions, mm. and they're 83. Yeah. I think there's a big period in the middle where it doesn't... It would be fucking awful to go and see a load of 52-year-olds. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, Max got invited to his 10-year school reunion, and instead of going, we wrote a show about right. it. Yeah. We got a really vivid, like... There was a really vivid Facebook chat at the time, and people were kind of adding their mates into it, so you could kind of see the social groupings sort of reforming, and some people were unrecognisable in their profile pics, and some people had changed their surnames, and some people had changed their hairstyle. Uh, but then, also, by the end, I was like, I can't go. This will be appalling. Yeah. Um, but we liked the idea of it, and then we were going to make it into... We are going to make it into a short film initially, and then, okay. uh, and then we made it into uh, an Edinburgh show yeah. instead. And we used all of our um, former classmates' names. Real names, yes. <laughs> yes, indeed. Because I noticed that in the, uh, in, the, in the more recent show as well, that there's lots of names of people and presumably real. real people. Yeah, yeah. 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 all real. Is there any, any fallback, fallout from that? No, but we once tried to use the real name uh, of Ivan's PE teacher in a Radio 4 uh, casebook episode. Rick which Lightollis. Which producer, producer Ben was making. And uh, he's a very conscientious man, is, 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 he is. is young Ben, overly, if anything. Yeah. And just beforehand, um, he was like, I don't know if we can actually, on the day, he was like, I don't know if we can actually use uh, Mr. Lightollis' real surname. Um, Could we just contact him? And we ended up, Ivan ended up phoning up his old PE teacher, who he hadn't spoken to for years, and going, bit odd, but we've written a radio show and there's a character of a PE teacher, could we use you? And his answer was something along the lines of, I think I'd really need to... Uh, read the script. Read the script and <laughs> see if it was any good, because I wouldn't want, to, uh, wouldn't want to embarrass both of us, I think was his... Wow. His, yeah. I use the name of someone who bullied me at college when I was a grown child uh, as, as the name of something in Fist of Fun and then he got angry and rang the BBC really? uh, and uh, said we'd used his mannerisms which we hadn't uh, I just used his name and, uh, but I was in the background of the phone call they used to whenever I walked into the bar there was a group of lads who go Bleh! I, don't know, I don't know why I don't know I don't know why uh, so I started going to them every time I saw them because I thought they were just big sheep by doing what they were doing. Uh, and so I was in the, ba- in the background of his call when he was complaining. I was going, <laughs> Who was And the, the producer going, no, I think he's, it's just a coincidence that you're... The, the and uh, what was this prick's full name? Ah, uh, <laughs> oh, let's, let's leave it up. <laughs> it was Prince Andrew. The, what? what? <laughs> Well, I don't know about producer, but why is he trying to protect Prince Andrew all the time? Producer Ben? Yeah, it's well, like he li- read, likes what if, Prince Andrew is doing and the things Prince Andrew are doing. If you've read Jeffrey Epstein's disgrace. unredacted black book, yeah. Ben Walker's name appears all over that. <laughs> is that so, it? Yeah. yeah. This goes all the way to the top of the podcasting industry, I'm afraid. In the terrible things, it's awful to try and... <laughs> what he's doing is awful. <laughs> I don't think he's actually in charge of editing this one, so this will go all the way in. That's fine. <laughs> right, we'll do uh, one more question. And then we're going to uh, call it a day. It's been, it's been nice, hasn't it? It's been a nice day. It's a shame to end it. Um, that's a question for dating. I don't want to ask you that. It would be inappropriate. Um, <laughs> we've sort of covered that. Uh, <laughs> would you rather have no ears or no dignity? I mean, I've already got no dignity. <laughs> <laughs> So you go with ears. 
No what? No, go for no. Go to stick with no dignity. Yeah, fuck or... it. I'll have no. <laughs> no either. <laughs> Complete the set. You'd have a lovely smooth. Um, what? I'd be happy with no ears. How? How, how good are ears? I mean, you do wear glasses. I, I'm wearing contacts now, and I'm having a great sure. time, you yeah. know? I mean, you're just imagining the pinner is going to be taken off. Is that, is that what you're taking? You won't, your ear is how you hear things. Oh, I see. Yeah. Ah, this is how you get people, Richard. Yeah. I see, I see, yeah. I see. So this is plunged into a soundless world, is the... Uh... Well, you know, possibly. I'm not, I, I don't make the rules of these questions. And is the, digni- is the lack of dignity related to simply how people perceive you, despite <laughs> your inherent personality traits being as they are currently? Or do you just walk around with your dick out, spraying shit all <laughs> over the place and, <laughs> and falling over? It's mainly just watching yourself shitting in a mirror, I think, is that it's probably the... Whilst trying and failing to chew things properly like an adult. We know where I stand, or indeed, squat. <laughs> well, look, it's been terrific uh, to be Oh, yeah, we'll finish on that really, note, shall we? <laughs> I really love your stuff. Oh, dear. You've got, you got tour, Tiverton coming up. Yeah, we sure Mainly do. Tiverton. Oh, look, can, why don't we just get everyone to come to Tiverton? Everyone come to Tiverton. And not That's... go to any of the others. I'm we'll organise a coach trip. Everyone will come to Tiverton. Absolutely. Um, Ignore the Cambridge Junction on January the 23rd. Get yourselves over to Tiverton, yeah. guys. Uh, and uh, you've got to, if he ever gets married, which is unlikely, because he's good looking enough to just keep sleeping around with different <laughs> really people. really is, right? isn't he? Um, love. Yeah. It, are you going to be able to top his, his well, stagmite for you? Well, I'm very nervous, to be honest, and I hope that he chooses someone else to be the best. Are you supposed to choose a different person as your best man? Oh, I'm 100% choosing you. No. Even if our friendship just ossifies and we go our separate ways, as and when I get married, I'm phoning up and calling in this favour and going, oh, remember the, the stag weekend that was, that was yours? I need something. I think it's kind of a dick move not to choose the person who chose you. As, I, mean, I suppose the problem is if someone's been chosen as... Best man well, multiple times. My brother chose me, and I didn't choose my brother. Oh, well, that's true. <laughs> but in fairness, he would have done quite a shit stag oh. too. <laughs> <laughs> and we managed to make a whole show. I mean, we would have made a show out of my brother's stag too, but it would have been a different it would show. Have been, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, ladies and gentlemen, give a massive round of applause, Max and Ivan! Thank you very much for coming. You've been awesome. See you at the back if you want. Give some money to Stoke, please. If you want, thank you very much. Cheers, guys. You have been listening to Rahala Stopper with me, Richard Herring, and my guests, Max and Ivan. Thank you to Pest for playing this music. Thanks to everyone at the Cambridge Corn Exchange, everyone at Go Faster Strike. You guys are ace. Especially Chris Evans, not that one. Thanks to everyone at ACAST. Thanks to George the Incompetent Sandman, who was essentially the producer of this podcast. I'd like to thank my executive producer for this show, who is Ian Logdog. I'm sure that is his real name. I'm indebted to my serious producer, Ben Walker. This is a Fuzz Go Faster Stripe and Go Sky Potato production. Yes, it is. Go to rahalasaba.co.uk to find out more about this wonderful show. Bye. See you around. Oh, yeah. Nice to see you. Bye.